Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trana here with you. It is Wednesday, September 30th, the last day of the month. And on today's show, I think I'm going to do something I did last week because it seemed to be very uh, well received by you folks. So uh, what I did last week is I picked out three games from the Giant 49ers series that really resonated with me. This week, I will pick out three games from the Giants-Rams series that has resonated with me for one reason or another. Some of them will be recent ones that you will probably remember. Some of them will be from several years ago. You may not remember them. Depends on if you were alive or not. So I hope you enjoy the little trip down memory lane. But first... Just want to tell you about a new book. It's called The Ryan Holiday Book from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism's guide to success, resilience, and virtue, to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. A philosophy sports team across the country are successfully adapting. Lives of the Stoics, The Arts of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. So check them out, folks. All right. And uh, before we jump into the various games that resonated with me, and again, these are three from the uh, Giants Ram series. Just want to remind everybody that on Friday we will have our Twitter mailbag. So you can send your questions into me via email to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're going to send them to me on Twitter, just so I, I make sure that I put them in the podcast and not on Giants Country, just, you know, put a note or something that says, you know, for the podcast or I have a thread also in, in uh, my Twitter timeline that says, you know, if you want to ask a question for the podcast, post it on this thread. But just make sure you designate so I don't mix the two up. All right. So let's get into my memories of uh, the three most prominent Giants Rams games um, in the series. So to give you a little background first about the Giants and Rams series, the two teams have met 44 times in their history and uh, the Giants are down 17 to 27 in the uh, series. And that includes a record of nine and 14 at home, eight and 13 away. This Sunday's game will be out in Los Angeles. It'll be the first game in 26 years that the Giants are actually playing a game out in Los Angeles. So uh, that'll be pretty interesting. That's a little piece of uh, history for you. And speaking of history, these, this first game that kind of resonated with me um, is actually, I guess you could say it's a historical game. It took place on October 23rd, 2016, and it was part of the International Series. It was, uh, I think it was game number 16 in the International Series. Um, took place in Twickenham, London. Now, I unfortunately didn't get to make that trip, but 
I was part of the very first international series game, um, which was played between the Giants and the Miami Dolphins back in 2007. But that's a story for another time. Next time the Giants play the Dolphins, I'll probably talk about that one. But anyway, what kind of stood out about um, that particular game, and I'm talking about the Giants at Rams um, the Rams were the home team, the Giants the road team, and the Giants actually won that game 17-10. to 10. And um, I believe what happened was on that game, it, it was it was a hard-fought game, as I recall. Um, the Giants and Rams battled to a 10-all tie at halftime. And the play that tied it up was a 44-yard interception return for a touchdown by safety Landon Collins. And an I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but that was the play where Collins caught the ball and he basically zigzagged back and forth from sideline to sideline to get to the end zone. He must have run literally 88 yards, twice the amount of yards it took him to go if he had gone in a straight line to get to the end zone. And that was the big turning point, I think, of the game, because like I said, the Giants were down at that time uh, 10 to 3 and Collins's interception tied it up. Now, the third quarter of that game, which, again, I remember that game being kind of sloppy and just a lot of mistakes and whatnot, but uh, the third quarter of that game was scoreless, and then the Giants finally were able to win it with uh, 9.23 left in the fourth quarter. That was on a one-yard run by running back Rashad Jennings. So uh, that had capped a six-play, 35-yard drive. It was like a two 243, I think, is, is what it took to for that drive to play out. And then there was no other scoring left in that particular uh, game. So that was kind of a, a fun one to watch. Anytime, you know, it's something different. And, you know, what was different about it is I can remember, you know, watching the game at 930 in the morning because over at, at London, I think it was it was something like um, I think London is like six hours ahead of us and I believe the game started at 2.31 p.m. British Standard Time. Um, just looking at the, the game book here. Yeah, 2.31 p.m. British Standard Time. So that would have been about 9.30 or so back here on the East Coast. And it was just, you know, it, it's always fun, um, you know, to, to go and watch that kind of game played overseas. And I'm calling on my experience from the internet, the first international game. Like I said, I was at the very first one between the Giants and the Dolphins. And, you know, even though I wasn't at this one, what I can remember about, you know, playing football over in London, it was how the fans were just so excited, so looking forward to it. And uh, it was just really sweet to see, you know, how some of the fans were wearing different jerseys, not just of the Giants and Rams, but basically different NFL jerseys. So it was really cool to see. And it's really, you know, it's a shame this year that COVID came in and had to cancel the international series because um, apparently that was gaining some traction overseas. But it is what it is. And unfortunately, this is the, the world we're in. And hopefully next year things will be better and they'll be able to go back to the international games. Folks, stay with us when we come back. I have another game that I'm going to share memories of, so stay with us. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back. 
making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership floor, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and stories of some of the greatest Giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8th, 2020 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it's a stroll down memory lane. I'm talking about my most memorable uh, memories of Giants, Rams, not a very, you know, deep series, but uh, like I said before, 44 games in. This will be the 45th game coming up and um, in the series. And this next game, I remember really well because I just remember how I felt after the game. And uh, this was a game that took place. This was actually a postseason game that took place on January 7th, 1990. So it would, be, it would have been for the 1989 season. A 1913 Rams victory in overtime. And I'll never forget this one because I call this game the flipper game. Now, for those of you who might not have been around back in the day, the Rams had a receiver by the name of Flipper Anderson, who was quite the character, as I recall. I forget why he was called Flipper. I think his name was Willie, yes, that's what it is. Willie was his real name, but they called him Flipper. And he was, um, I believe, a Jersey boy, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was born in New Jersey and grew up in New Jersey. So he was Jersey born and bred. Very good receiver. Played for the Rams from 1988 to 1994 before making stops with the Colts, Washington, and Denver. And uh, he was also a part of Super Bowl 32. And um, he said he set an NFL record for most receiving yards in a game, which was 336. All right. So what what was it about the flipper game that I remember most? Well, it was in overtime. Um, the Giants and Rams had battled to a 13-13 tie. And uh, just actually, let me back up a little bit. The Giants in the first quarter jumped out to a 9-0 lead. And um, I'm sorry, a 6-0 lead, not a 9-0 lead, 6-0 lead. The Rams then took, uh, in the second quarter, um, 
Flipper Anderson caught a 20-yard touchdown pass from Jim Everett, the quarterback at the time, made it 7-6, and it kind of went back and forth a little bit there. You know, Then the Giants went up 13-7 on Otis Anderson's two-yard touchdown run, and then um, the Rams added two field goals to make it a 13-13 tie and send the game into overtime. So um, let's talk about the game, the, or actually the overtime period. The Rams won the coin toss for overtime. And back then, it was pretty much sudden death, meaning that the first team to score, it didn't matter if it was a field goal or a touchdown like it is today. Today, I think if, if you score a field goal, the other team gets another chance to try and match or beat you. Um, back then, there was no such thing. It was a true sudden death. Anyway, the Rams got the ball first in the overtime period, went on a 77-yard drive in four plays. And the last play of that drive was a 30-yard touchdown pass to Flipper Anderson. And what I remember about that one was how he caught the ball in the old Giant Stadium and just kept running. He, he caught it, went into the end zone, ran right into the tunnel, straight to the Rams locker room. End of game, end of the Giants' postseason quest to make it to the Super Bowl, which they would do, obviously, um, the following year. But that play, I remember my father at the time was a season ticket holder. And I remember him coming home all depressed because that was kind of, you know, if you saw it, you would you, you would sit there and say, gosh, did he have to be, you know, did Flipper Anderson have to be so, you know, so in your face with the whole thing, you know, this, the, the whole issue of sportsmanship just really kind of stunk on his part. And I can remember as a young kid, what just absolutely being devastated that the Giants football season was over. I was so devastated, in fact, that I sat down and I wrote, I can't remember now if it was a letter or an email. Was it an email? Might have been, no, it was a letter. It was a letter that I wrote to the Giants, just, you know, expressing how upset I was over Flipper Anderson catching that touchdown pass and running into the tunnel and putting an end to the Giants playoff run. And Lo and behold, you know, I, I think at the time I just sent the letter to the Giants organization. I didn't send it to anybody in particular, but I got a response um, several weeks later. I actually got a response, and I believe it was from Ed Croak. I think, yes, Ed Croak, who was the, um, at the time, he was the Pat Hanlon before there was Pat Hanlon. And Ed Croak wrote a very nice letter, um, you know, thanking me for writing and saying, you know, look, I also feel, you know, feel the the pain of the um, of what happened, and it's going to take me a long time to get over it as well. And I just remember it took me several weeks before I could just get that image of Flipper Anderson running up the tunnel with that winning score. It was just really, really painful. And it not only took me a long time to get over it, it took my father a long time to get over it because I just remember him, you know, talking about. At the time, he was, you know, into basketball and hockey, and he's like, well, you know, I, hopefully the Rangers and the Knicks will, will will take my mind off of it. And I don't remember what the Rangers and Knicks did that season. 
Um, you know, I wasn't as into hockey as I am today. I I'd never really been into basketball, but I just remember the pain that that game, that that play caused us in our household. So um, it made the list because, like I said, this is most memorable games. And, you know, it's, it's a bad memory, but nonetheless, it's one that that warranted inclusion on the list. So Anyway, folks, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainers. Stay tuned when we come back. I'll see if I have a more favorable memory for you to share. So stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Segment three, Patricia Trainer here with you. And I'm just recapping my three most memorable Giants-Rams games in the series history this Sunday the Giants face the Rams out in Los Angeles. It'll be the 45th meeting between the two clubs. Again, the Giants hold a 17-27 uh, and 27 record against the Rams. Haven't really had a lot of luck. Haven't really, you know, seen the Rams all that much. But, um, you know, hey, who knows? Maybe, just maybe, you know, that's why you line up and that's why you play the game. So, We'll see what happens. The Giants right now, I think, a 12-and-a-half-point underdog. So we will see if they can pull it off. Now, I promised you in the last segment that I would go back and see if I had a more pleasant memory. And I actually do. This one is also from the 1980s. In case you haven't figured it out, I was... uh, I was a child of the 70s and 80s, and um, having done my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, this particular game isn't in there, but when I was laying down the chapters and kind of, you know, putting together an outline for the book, I looked at a lot of different possibilities, and this one I took a quick look at and didn't make the cut because it didn't really, in my opinion, stand out in in, in a way that, you know, was worthy of, of what I was doing on uh, as far as the book, but um, this is still a memorable game. And here's why it was a defensive struggle. I mean, you're talking two strong defenses locking horns all afternoon uh, in the 1980, I think, yeah, the 1984 uh, wild card. It was uh, Giants 16, Rams the 13. It was just a, a real strong defensive showing. And um, one of the the very first uh, defensive uh, plays that really kind of stood out was when the Giants actually got their first touchdown. What happened was in the first quarter, uh, Eric Dickerson, the Hall of Fame running back, was hit by, I think he was, was he a nose tackle? I know he was a defensive lineman. His name was Bill Courier. He was a defensive lineman, but I can't remember if he was a nose tackle or an end. But anyway, Bill Courier hit him and caused a fumble that um, was scooped up. And uh, I think Courier actually recovered that ball. So anyway, the Giants off that turnover were able to score their first touchdown of the game, which was a one-yard run by Rob Carpenter. And that touchdown made it a 10-0 Giants lead. Earlier in that quarter, they had gotten a 37-yard field goal by place kicker Ali Haji Sheik. So in the second quarter, the Rams made it um, a 10-3 game, but 
the Giants uh, in the third quarter would make it 13-3, but the Rams would actually catch up sort of to the Giants. In the end of the third quarter, Dickerson had a touchdown run, 14 yards, made it a 13-10 game. The Giants in the third quarter also uh, increased their lead a little bit, 16-10. Now, in the fourth quarter of the game, the Giants' defense, which was pretty darn good back in that in the day. I mean, that defense was just, you know, you had Lawrence Taylor, you had Harry Carson. I mean, that defense was was something to write home about, let me tell you. And that was a Giants team that was coming off of a 3-12-1 record the prior year. So this is how you kind of knew the team started to turn it around a little bit because they just played so much better on offense and defense. They started to gel. But on that last drive, the last Rams drive in the fourth quarter, the Rams went three and out. I mean, they didn't have a prayer. And the final play for the Rams in that series was when quarterback Jeff Kemp went back to pass and was hit by linebacker Andy Hedden. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Lawrence Taylor hit him. And Andy Hedden recovered the fumble. So it was a sack for no yardage. The Giants got the ball back. Um, 158 left. It was first and 10 on the Rams 33. And at that point, the Giants basically had the game won. It was 16-13, 158 left. And the Giants just bled out the clock. And they managed to win the game. And it was just, you know, it was a nice victory for the Giants who – Right around that time, like I said, started to really come into their own as a as a contender, and they would be you know they would be competitive over the next several years. I think you know eighty six eighty five they were competitive. Obviously eighty six they won their first Super Bowl. Um, so the Giants really kind of turned it around and had a a solid showing in the nineteen eighties. And really, you know, when you talk about glory periods in Giants history. You've got to look at the 1980s and the job that general manager George Young did putting that team together, the job head coach Bill Parcells did in keeping that team focused and on track. It was just something to be seen. And it's something you kind of hope for from the Giants of today, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe down the line, you hope to see that. And um, who knows if we will see it, but certainly uh, back then it was it was a sight to behold. And P.S. The Giants, after winning that game, the wild card round against the Rams, went on to lose the following week, 21-10, to the 49ers, who of course the Giants played last week and got basically embarrassed by. So just a little extra history there for you regarding uh, that postseason back in 1984. So, all right, folks, I hope you enjoyed the uh, walk down memory lane with me. Make sure you tune in tomorrow when we have our crossover show. That should always be a fun one. And uh, we'll see if we can get a little intel on Aaron Donald and the boys. So make sure you tune in tomorrow here on the Locked On Giants podcast. Have a good one.